Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to another Out of Spec podcast episode. Let me get that out of there. Hey, Brandon, how's it going? Nice to see you Not back. Not bad, how are you, Kyle? Doing great. Yeah, glad we to be here as, as always. Yeah, we are talking, well, we both drive Rivians. And we yep. both have just this week come with this epiphany that it's <laughs> actually a little bit annoying to drive a Rivian with today's infrastructure out there because there's not a 350 kilowatt charger that can do out output 500 amps or more on every corner. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of AC charging. There's a lot of 50 kilowatt charging, especially in Eastern North Carolina where you've been spending some time. And it's actually like, Oh my gosh, efficiency kind of matters. And I've never thought this way before. Yeah, I mean, I just did 600 miles either earlier this week or last week in my Rivian R1T, starting in Charlotte, went all the way out to basically the east coast of North Carolina. And if you look on PlugShare or any other charge mapping software, you'll see that essentially east of I-95, nothing is faster than 62.5 kilowatt. And I was doing multiple stops along east of I-95, and I was forced to use two of those 62.5 kilowatt uh, DC fast chargers, and it was just painful. I've used those in the past on my other EVs I've had, Polestar, ID4, and they're generally fine. And 62.5 kilowatt is really not bad. It's a decent amount of power, but it's not a decent amount of power when you're only getting 1.8 miles per kilowatt hour. That's so true because, you know, a lot of times we talk about charge rate in kilowatts. That's mm-hmm. the metric I care about. That's the big thing. But mm-hmm. having Hummer EV recently, having Rivian R1T and R1S and Lightning and all these other things, we start thinking about 
miles of range added in a certain period of time. Now, a lot of people like this idea of I'm charging at 29 miles an hour, and it always drives mm -hmm. me nuts because they're usually referencing it against EPA testing, which different cars go through different cycles, so it's not apples to apples, or they're mm -hmm. referencing it against their guesso meter like ID4 does, and it's different for everyone because everyone drives differently. So I hate it as a metric to reference charging speed, but to the end user, ultimately that's the metric that matters. How long do you have to wait there to get the miles you need to get to the next station? Yeah, as much as I hate to admit it, miles per hour of charging rate does matter in the real world, but not in the sense that a lot of people use it, which is for comparing charging. It's terrible for that. In fact, it's quite possibly the worst metric you can use for comparing charging between vehicles. Yes. Uh, because 62.5 kilowatt is a decent amount of power if you have, say, a Model 3 standard range, plus that you're getting five miles per kilowatt hour. Uh, but at 1.8, suddenly you're getting, uh, what is that, like a third of the miles added for the same amount of time that you're plugged in. And for example, like the Hummer EV, you could be on a 62 and a half kilowatt charger for four hours. Or more, depending, because yeah. it tapers up top too. <laughs> yeah, like it's just crazy that it essentially becomes slow charging at that point. Yes, well, I think the real answer here is from a DC perspective, 50 kilowatts is no longer fast charging. It's really, unless it's, yeah. Unless yeah, I mean, it's a very it, efficient vehicle. Yeah, I mean, it's fast enough and it's most level two realistically should be 50 kilowatt DC fast chargers for places like malls, grocery stores, things like that, where you might actually spend an hour plus or minus an hour, then it's pretty useful. But for corridors under 100 kilowatt, I don't think has a place anymore. So let's talk about the actual what we've been noticing. And I'll share my experience where I was mm -hmm. driving my. Rivian R1T just running errands, going from Fort Collins to Denver, over to Colton shop, back to Fort Collins, mm -hmm. had to do an airport run back to Denver. And I'm just like moving around all week. And I didn't plug it in one night at home because we had all the cars bunched up in the driveway. And I'm like, ah, I won't worry about it. So I go to Colton's mm -hmm. and I spent five hours, six hours at the shop. We're filming the Model 3 suspension install video. And yeah. I have the truck plugged into a 48 amp, maxing out the onboard charger. Again, at, at business mm -hmm. voltage, so it could do more, but we're at 208, 210 volts under load. Pretty high for a business. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I gained like 30% in five hours. And I'm like, this, I can't even Ugh. get to Denver. Like, what's going on here? This is not good. Yeah, I mean, I had a pretty similar experience. Like I was saying, I went out to Eastern North Carolina. And being in Charlotte, I stopped in Lumberton along I-95 at Electrify America, charged to, I think, like 95%, which was the tolerance of my patients. Because the Rivian top charges just terribly. It's so bad. They really, and Rivian no really needs to open it. it up. Yeah, there's no, it's no a huge reason. battery. And it has yep. huge buffers. So they really need to just let it rip the entire battery. It's pretty good until 53-ish percent. And then it just starts getting downright bad. On a road trip, I would typically not charge over 70% because... Over that, it's just not worth it unless you absolutely have no other choice. Well, I think and you hit in my case, dip. I didn't really. You hit a dip at 67% state of charge. So like even, you know, I came yeah. down to Denver one night and I'm like, oh, I got to get back up to Fort Collins. So I plugged it into a fast mm -hmm. charger at 5% or 4% or something like this. This was after plugging in an AC everywhere I was all day. I plugged in yeah. a Colton shop all day. I went to Drew's house for dinner. I plugged in all day. And then I went to an EVgo 350 kilowatt charger here. And mm -hmm. um 
yep, yeah, just like could got, like, I was there for like 15, 20 minutes just sitting in the back of a dark parking lot and I got like 30 or 40 percent. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to get the heck out of here and go home. Like what what's going on? Yeah, here? It, so, it almost brings me back to my old Volt days with the 3.3 kilowatt onboard charger and just constantly using every single charger I possibly could everywhere I went and feeling like I was never catching up. So after that trip, I had to stop at two different uh, 62 and a half kilowatt DC fast chargers. And then my final stop to make it all the way back to Charlotte, I actually went into the Cary area, your old stomping grounds. First went to an Electrify America, had one stall down of the three, and there was a Bolt EUV waiting, of course, and two ID4s were plugged in, of course. Um, the Bolt was so dead, it literally had no choice but to wait because uh, there's an EVgo a couple miles away that I went, ended up going to like three and a half miles. I had 15 miles of estimated range, like 4%, something like that. So I was fine to drive over there gingerly. Um, but then I got to the EVgo and that was also somewhat full so that it's a pretty typical newer EVgo installation with the single 350 kilowatt Delta unit and then the two Delta 100 kilowatt units. Uh, since the 350 was in use on both stalls, I ended up using the 100 kilowatt, which they charge by time here, 27 cents a minute if you're on whatever plan eliminates the session fee and just gives you the credit every month. So 27 cents a minute to get like, it didn't even give me the full 200 amps. It only gave me like 75 kilowatt, which I mean, not terrible, but uh, just aggravating when you're just trying to get home. It's nine o'clock at night and you have two and a half hours still to drive home. Uh, and then there was an Ionic 5 that charged 100%, which I'm not super complaining about because those actually top charge really fast. So if they want to charge you 100%, not the end of the world. So they left. There was a Mach-E charging next to me. And fun fact, those Delta units, they have dual 175 kilowatt output, but they will only do 540 or 500 amps and 200 amps if they're doing dual output. So you can't have actual 175 on each. And so could the Mach-E Mach was getting... Sorry about that. Could the Mach-E have just unplugged and you plug in and then him get the 200 amp session? Yes, but it was very aggravating because the Mach-E was getting 210 amps. So just enough to tie up the over 200 side because they were there first. And leaving me at 200 amps for probably a good 20 minutes before they finally left at like 85%. And then I finally got the full 500 amps or yeah, 500 amps because it won't actually give the full 540 you can output to a Rivian because it won't request it. And it was just the most obnoxious experience I've had DC fast charging. And I've had a lot of DC fast charging experiences. And I just can't imagine a normal person going through that and wanting to do it ever again. Well, that's the thing. So what, you know, A, the, the thing is we know these trucks are inefficient. We know they put a big mm -hmm. battery in there. So you get your good initial charge. And if you stay on the main corridors where you have high power charging mm -hmm. that's readily available, they're generally it's fine. For road trips. It's, I mean, you've driven yours all over the place. I've driven mine all over yeah. the place. It's no problem. It's when you're in this mm -hmm. like inner city mix doing a lot of daily driving and you need a quick top it's up. It's off the corridors. Yes. That's when it's like, oh my God, I got a hundred and... 30 kilowatt hour worth of storage I need to fill up and this thing's going to take a year. So, so what's the solution? Yeah. Is it more high power charging? Is it a bigger battery in the Rivian? So you have to rely on fast charging less. 
might make the problem worse because you and me will always <laughs> run it down low. Is it what? Yeah. What's the solution here? What do you think? Kind of a bit of all of the above. We need faster AC charging to become more prevalent, and we need fast DC charging to become a lot more prevalent, and not just have essentially one high output output on a single station because that's just so, not going to work as more and more vehicles have faster charging capabilities and larger batteries. In a, in the next episode, maybe the one we'll put up after this, we should talk about the different types of load management when it comes to DC fast charging, <laughs> because this is quite complicated. Everyone does it differently. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. there's some good ones and there's some really bad ones. And then there's ABB who still hasn't figured out how to do it. So <laughs> with software. You know, there's a, a, a wide spectrum of stuff here, but faster AC charging. Just want to touch on this before we wrap up mm -hmm. the episode. You, a, you could always just buy a more efficient car, right? And then for the amount of time Absolutely. you're plugged in, you get an original Ionic and you can just go forever with the amount of energy that you get. But or realistically, you'd get a Model 3 rear-wheel drive. That's like yeah. the modern equivalent in efficiency. They're magically efficient, these standard range LFP cars. They're crazy. Yeah. Like 200 about, watt hour per mile is easy. It's insane. I mean, just next level. But but what about, um, you know, 19.2, 19.6 kilowatt charging, you know, 80 amps at 240 volts mm -hmm. is the standard for J1772. How hard mm -hmm. would it be to actually implement a three phase 22 kilowatt situation at existing DC chargers or at business places? So there's a couple different approaches that that could be done. So the easiest path would be for J1772 to allow 277 volt single phase, because then you'd at least have higher voltage at the same current, same plugs and everything would be used. And the only tricky part is that uh, they did in the past. I don't know if they still support it technically. Um, the tricky part is a lot of onboard chargers may only be rated to 250 volts because that's essentially the voltage range instead of going up to 300 volts, which is what the necessary rating would be for 277 to be supported because you need the plus 10%. That would be the easiest because on a DC fast charging installation, you use 480 volt three phase typically, and the line to neutral is 277 volt. So that you could just use the existing utility connection and get 277 volt, get higher power on the same. In an ideal world, we would install, or we would start using type two in North America or J3068, which it's being used on uh, medium and heavy duty vehicles in North America. And that would allow us to do higher power on lower current, which would actually reduce the installation cost because you'd use thinner wire because you're doing less current because wires are rated in amperes, not in power, because as the voltage goes up, required current goes down, Ohm's law. Um, that would be ideal, but I don't unfortunately see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. I think we're kind of just stuck. And but the, but what's even crazy about this is 80 amp charging is nothing new. This has been around since 2012. Is that when yeah, Tesla modified the standard for the Model S to do dual chargers with yes. 80 amps? Because so, it yeah. previously was up to 72 amps. We touched on this in the previous podcast. Yes. Um, and there's still cars that don't have 80 amp on board chargers. In fact, most don't. Funny enough, the Cadillac Lyric does, but the Hummer EV doesn't. That's very strange. And I think it had to do with a parts supplier getting a onboard charger in time. I think a future year of Hummer EV will have 80 amp onboard charging, but just a 48 yeah. amp onboard charger on the Hummer takes 
many hours to charge that thing back up. Where it's I mean, I'm like not doing the math here, but that's like a full day of AC charging at maximum power, especially when you consider, I mean, AC charging has like 10% losses, yep. which adds it up on a battery that big. Yep. So I, I just think, okay, we, you know, really the solution here is hundred plus kilowatt charging, please. And B with uh, proper cables. Yes. With 300 plus amp cables. We need to stop doing these. Anything over a hundred kilowatts should not have a 200 amp cable. Totally agree. This whole two, that is a amp- hill I will die on. Yes. It's so <laughs> dumb. And we'll, we'll maybe talk about that in our load sharing episode as to what, yeah. because then we get into the charge point CPE 250 saga, which is cable yeah. limitation. And so yes. we, so much to go into, but um, yeah, Rivians are inefficient. And uh, I think mm-hmm. we're just complaining. We're just annoyed. Yes. And we're feeling the pain of the current infrastructure. I love my Rivian. But sometimes it's a bit annoying just how big the battery is and getting home at single digit state of charge and then waking up to only like 40% because I only have six kilowatt charging at my apartment and eight kilowatt at work. I mean, I can be there eight hours and only get like 50%. It's crazy. There, there's a place where wall outlets are wonderful. And those are typically airports where you can, yeah. the car is going to sit for however long you're on a trip and it'll trickle charge. Mm-hmm. Then there's a place for high power AC, well, for medium power AC charging, which is honestly yeah. at home, 40 amp, yeah. 48 amp, that's fine. 40 is a sweet spot, I think, for most people. So. Yeah, 40 is fine all day long. 32 is a bit slow, even at home. Mm-hmm. I think you go 40 amp minimum, put in a NEMA mm-hmm. 1450. Then you yeah. get up to the 80 amp. This is what we want to see at possibly hotels if you arrive late, possibly mm-hmm. at restaurants, malls can can have some of these but then i think there's the next step up which is low power dc these 24 to 50 kilowatt range mm-hmm. and i think there needs to be maybe something in between those two that hasn't really hit the market yet i don't know yeah i mean i think we'll start to see some of the power module tech that's been happening on a lot of the higher power dc fast chargers trickle down into maybe a single power module uh, like 30 kilowatt potentially. I think that's a pretty good sweet spot. Yep. I uh, especially if it's a dual channel, 30 kilowatt, you could potentially have two ports and get 15 kilowatt to each. That's, yep. that's pretty darn good for a hotel application. I'd say put two of those, you've got four ports, or even if you can somehow do, a, I don't know, another two sets of ports or two level twos or something like that. That's a pretty good solution that then you're bypassing the limitation of the onboard charger, which is a limitation on, Pretty much every vehicle sold today. Yeah. It's just I mean, annoying. it's really early Model S with dual charger, or then you mm-hmm. could upgrade to the 72 amp onboard charger in later ones. What mm-hmm. else had 80 amp charging? Lightning has it. Yeah, Lightning has it. Um, what else has that? There's very that... few cars with 80 amp charging. Titan, yeah, I mean, you can option it. Yep. Uh, Lucid, I think. Lucid. Does Lucid have it? Yep. yep. Lucid. With the Wonderbox. Yep. I think yeah, that there's might not much. Be... It. I mean, comment down below if you can think of anything else. I mean, I'm sure there's probably like one or two more stuff. We'll all have it in the future, at least. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there you go. I think we need, you know, infrastructure changes. Stop putting in these stupid charge point 30 amp (laughs) situations that I'm just going to start running over. Let's get some real legit, you know, big boy level two chargers in. Um, Yeah. Maybe we'll make a whole podcast about charge points issues too. Anyway, this is just us ranting, complaining. We drive inefficient vehicles. We're feeling the pain. Everyone else, please spend money so we feel less pain. (laughs) (laughs) Comment down below your experiences. And if you drive a Rivian, what your experience is with this, or if you drive a really efficient car, 
when you're not feeling that pain, what is that like? <laughs> yes. Great. Well, thanks for watching another Out of Spec podcast episode, and we'll see you on another one soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 